In this episode, we will be using BattleBards sound effects. Check them out, battlebards.com. And if you're signing up for a Prime account, be sure to use our code STACK to get a discount. Hello, stackers. Summer is a great time here at Stack of Dice, but as much as I love producing new stuff, it sure is a welcome and necessary period for recharging and planning out the next season. It's a delicate balance. I'm relieved to have some time without hard deadlines, but I also like to stay active with releasing some things so I don't lose my editing edge or get out of the habit. As a result, I like to have a few things planned throughout the several month break so that I stay involved with this creative endeavor. And that means planning content that is meaningful, but not too involved. Many of you know that I listen to other podcasts. This helps expose me to new ideas, different editing processes, and alternate game systems. It's also helped me meet fascinating people that work in the same podcast segment we occupy. One of my favorites has been Tales from the Glass Guarded World and its companion show, Tales of Bob. These two clean podcasts have been a blast to listen to. Through my listening, I've been fortunate to be able to chat with the DM, Mike, behind the scenes, and it's been a real pleasure to get to know him. Mike is funny, creative, a fantastic storyteller, and just a joy to converse with about game-related things. Well, we've been doing some talking recently, and we decided we'd like to take on a bit of a crossover this summer. As Mike and I discussed things, we thought it would be fun to try something a little different, and this is the first of several episodes that we'll share along these lines. I've long been interested in the Pathfinder system, and Mike graciously agreed to share his experience as a GM for a one-shot game that will be divided into a number of episodes. We'll release those throughout the summer, and I really, really hope you'll get as much enjoyment out of the story as we have. You'll also get to meet two friends of the Stack of Dice show. Sarah you'll know from a couple of our special episodes. Uh, one was a world builder show, and then a separate creation corner in which we discussed our shared experience at the Maryland Renaissance Festival. So you already have heard Sarah on the show. You'll also get to meet Brandon, a longtime friend and one of the early friends of Vardalon. In fact, Brandon was instrumental in our pre-recording days in helping to flesh out some of the world. I'm very thankful that he was a part of that and that he was able to join us for this mini-series. Through this special series, we'll take on a mini-adventure of Mike's design, and who knows how it'll turn out. I don't know how it's going to turn out as I record this. If you're not caught up with our main story, not to fear. This is a completely standalone, non-Vardalon game, so you won't spoil anything by listening to this out of order. So strap yourselves in. If you don't know Pathfinder, pay close attention because Mike does a magnificent job of describing the mechanics. And as always, we'd love to know what you think. You can find us on Twitter, X, whatever it's called today, and Instagram at stackodice. Email us at stack.o.dice at gmail.com and check out our feeds or show notes for links to our Discord server. And now, on with the story. I'm Mike. Uh, you probably don't know me. I'm the uh, DM for the Tales from the Glass Guarded World podcast and the GM for the Tales of Bob podcast. 
And uh, I've been enjoying listening to Stack of Dice, and Rhett has been kind enough to listen to Tales from the Glass Gutter World and Tales of Bob. And I am going to guest run a uh, Pathfinder 2nd Edition game here for the Stack of Dice podcast. And I am joined by uh, my gracious host, Rhett. Hey, thanks so much for joining us, Mike. I, like you've said, I've listened to the entirety of your catalog so far, and I will continue listening. I've enjoyed every moment of it, and I'm thrilled to be able to not only meet you through a virtual means, but also to share this time together. It's really neat. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Thank you. Yeah, I've, we've had some really uh, uh, fun uh, conversations over Discord uh, as we learn about GMing and DMing from each other. And I'm also joined by Sarah. Hello. Sarah, anything cool you want to talk about or plug or say or... Uh, well, I'm Sarah. I'm a longtime fan of Stack of Dice. Everyone keeps telling me I need to become a longtime fan of Tales of the Glass Guarded War- World. That's nah, what it is, overrated. right? <laughs> Tales yep, of the Glass yeah, Guarded World. Uh, so I will be adding that to my to listen. I'm really excited about this opportunity. I've been wanting to play Pathfinder for a long time. Um, I am a novelist, an author. I do write D&D based stories that are being put out online right now on Substack, YouTube, things like that. Uh, and what's the name of that? <sighs> it's called Forsaken by Shadows. And I don't like plugging it because I get very nervous because I know this is a family-friendly podcast and I don't consider my story family-friendly. Um, it's not crass, it's not crude, but it does deal with very grown-up themes. So yeah, there you Family-friendliness <laughs> is, is a difficult concept sometimes, yeah. right? Very yeah. I would say of- high school up, maybe. Like okay. later high school up. Yeah, Tales of Bob and Tales from the Glass Cutter World are both clean in that there is... Uh, very none or very minimal or very mild uh, use of explicit language, mm-hmm. but there is it's a D and D podcast, right? Dead Tales from the Glass Girl World is a D and D podcast, and there's violence, yes. right? Uh, and some people consider that clean, and some people don't. Yep. So yeah, it's it's a fuzzy line. Uh, it's a gray area. And I'm also joined by Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Hi. Um, I am brand new to Pathfinder. I've been playing D&D for about 11 years or so, um, almost exclusively with Rhett, although I have had a few games without him. Um, so what if you hear Rhett talk about his off-mic games, some of them are, uh, I'm involved with those. But I'm excited to get into Pathfinder. Uh, the action economy um, is is intriguing to me. I'm a bit of a min-maxer by default. I'm not saying that I'm going to min-max this, but uh, I think it's going to strike a chord with me. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. If you're into min-maxing, this is the game. Characters are more customizable in this game than probably any other game. And that has both benefits and also costs. There's a reason why we're starting this game at only third level, and that was ambitious. Starting you guys at third level was... Some stuff I read online suggested that that was a mistake. You should only start people at first level because characters are so complicated and you, you just can't understand everything if you don't start at first level. But I think you're all smart enough and can handle it. We'll figure it out. We will see. <laughs> yeah, Put we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we're going to find out. Uh, and we'll talk about the rules as we proceed through this. Uh, it's not the same as D&D 5e, although it's probably more similar than any other system. It's complicated. All right. Well, uh, we've already got characters that I've created and given to everybody. Uh, and we'll in- get introduced to them shortly. Great, so let's go ahead and get started. This is going to take place on the standard or default Pathfinder 2nd Edition, for that matter, Pathfinder 1st Edition, campaign setting, which is the world of Galarian, which is kind of a kitchen sink 
campaign setting. Everything you can think of has been thrown into this world in one way or another. Uh, and for that reason, it's, I don't, I don't want to say it's generic, but it's, um, it doesn't have sort of a thing that makes it weird and different and unique, ex- except in so far as it's unique that it has everything. All right, so let's go ahead and start. On the world of Galarian, on the northern shore of the Inner Sea, north of the great island city of Absalom, there is a logging town called Triella. Almost 4,000 people live there, with the lumberjacks living and carousing in the taverns near the port, an area known as the Skids, while the rich live in their expensive homes on the cliffs that loom over the town. The three of you are in town for different reasons. Let's start with Rhett's character, whose name is Ringle Frick Plong, the human wizard. And he's here to collect a book that was checked out from the library of Kortos in Absalom by a noble who brought it here to her summer home. The book is long past due, and the librarians take their due dates very seriously. <laughs> he was accompanied here by Elric Rodfoot, the dwarven paladin of Iomadai, who served as a guard. But he was also asked by the Temple of Iomadai and Absalom to look into the feasibility of, and need for, a shrine or temple here in Triella. And then finally, we have Sarah's character, Sylvia Silvani, known as Slippery to her friends. And she is an elven rogue, specifically a thief. And she has come here for other work. She was planning a big score against some of the summer houses on the cliffs, preferably the ones that are nearly empty as their owners are away. We'll get back to her later, though. For now, let's go with Ringlefrick and Elric. They've finished their tasks. Ringlefrick has retrieved the book. Elric determined that Temple is badly needed in this den of iniquity. But he also determined that it would maybe not be received well, at least initially. Sylvia has not yet gotten around to her task because another opportunity became available first, which we'll get into shortly. The three of you are all staying at the Dapper Goat, an inn down in the skids near the docks. Ships leave for Absalom almost every day, so Ringlefrick and Elric are awaiting the next ship with open berths. That's B-E-R-T-H, not B-I-R-T-H. They're having dinner in the common room. It's nothing special. A trencher with some overcooked vegetables piled onto it. Slippery, you're also here, though you're in a dark corner of the room, and you've paid a bit extra for something fancier, some fresh fish and a bowl of fruit. It's early in the morning, and sleepy and hungover lumberjacks and sailors come and go. The door to the tavern seems to spend more time open than closed. Elric, why don't you describe your appearance? What do we see when we see Elric and Ringlefrick here eating breakfast? Elric, uh, sitting at the the bench of the table, leaned far over his food, gobbling it up. Uh, He's dripping some juices from the soup into his big, bushy beard. Excellent. It's kind of a mess, but he'll clean it up later, maybe. Um, (laughs) He looks, he's he's not old, he's not extremely young either um although he he does look like he's been through some things he's been hardened a little bit uh he's not quite old and crusty yet um and even as he bends over his food he's keeping a a wary eye around uh 
uh, he feels not quite at ease in this uh, den of thieves. All right. And what about Ringlefrick? Ringlefrick? I, I, should, okay. I should mention here, I assigned these characters their names and made up the classes and everything because it can be intimidating creating a character for the first time. And I have assigned this awful name to poor Red. <laughs> so don't blame him. Uh, Ringlefrick is... He was eating until Elric started eating, and now he's sitting there with his spoon hovering over the trencher. Uh, although he's no treat himself, uh, he's got splotches and stuff on his travel-worn robes, and so he is mostly mouth open watching Elric eat <laughs> and uh, maybe dabbing at his own chin out of sympathy for the plight of Elric's beard. However, he is... When he's not staring at that, he is looking around the room and looking at the rustic nature of this place. What, what does he look like? Is he a young man, an older man? Uh, he is in his late 30s, and uh, he's got peppery hair. He's a little overweight. He needs, he needs the travel. <laughs> and he, I, I would say he tends toward boisterousness but uh, but this display this culinary display in front of him has stopped his mouth for the moment <laughs> <laughs> all right uh and again we'll get to slippery in just a little bit the camera hasn't focused on her just yet she's sort of in the background so the door opens yet again and a short furtive looking man wearing a clean brown tunic shuffles inside and he sidles up to wrinkle and elric's table and without asking sits on the bench, and he leans over conspiratorially and says, Hey, uh, word around town is that uh, you're a decent wizard from Absalom, and uh, you're some kind of paladin, that right? Lefty. (laughs) Who? Don't know what you mean. (laughs) So am I right or am I right? You're definitely right. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was hoping. So here's the thing. I got need of some guys who can, uh, write an injustice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, right in injustice. Only the client wants discretion, like no local law enforcement, right? There's some uh, decent money in it. Uh, through this, Ringlefrick has tried to speak a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Writing injustices is what we do. Right, well, Elric? That... Yeah, of course. <laughs> Why are that's we all coin. talking like this? <laughs> what do you mean? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, what what do you have for us? Well, uh, let's uh, let's go somewhere a little more private to discuss it, right? So, uh, let, let's I'll tell you what. Oh, uh, one other thing. And he raises his voice a bit. And Slippery, you've noticed him, but now you can hear him. And he says, I could really use someone with, uh, let's say, nimble fingers, right? Nimble fingers. Someone who's good at not being noticed. I know you two don't fit the bill exactly. I'm just saying... I could use such a person if one happened to be around. Maybe if they was around, we could all meet out back in a few minutes. After you finish your lovely breakfast. Right? Okay, so I'll meet you out back. What's your name? Oh, I'm Sal. Sal. Sal, you can call me Sal. Okay. Salvador. Sal. Salvador Graboni if you want, but (laughs) you could just call me Sal. Very well, Sal. We'll be out back as soon as we... Why am I shouting, too? We'll be out back as soon as we can. That's great. Thanks. He stands up and walks to the back door and walks out the back door. I really like his tunic. It's so clean. 
<laughs> it does look clean. He as as you recognize his accent as being uh, sort of an old urban Absalom accent. That's what and, I think. And uh, he he looks like he's uh, I don't know. He's not high class. He's not a noble or anything. But uh, he does have some nice cleaner clothes. Not fancy, but he's uh, he's fastidious. So you finish your food. Are you going to go out back, or what are you doing? What do you think, Elric? Does this sound legitimate? Well, I don't know, but I, I would like to do some good while we're here. I, I know you've picked up That's your all I've heard from you. I want to do some good, some good, some good. Well, it's about Shrines, time for that to happen. Da, da, da. Do you suppose you... I, am I going to need my armor, do you think? Could you help me put it on? <sighs> Again? Sorry. Didn't we just go through this yesterday? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it takes like five minutes to put on that full plate. Yep. Fine. Turn around. Turn here. No, stand up. No, I, I am standing up. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, here, let me just put my knee here and pull. No, breathe. Breathe out. Okay. And rabbit runs around the tree. Okay. Is that is that good? Okay. There we go. Thank you. No problem. All right, so you get the armor on, and Slippery, you also have to decide what you want to do. You can see the two of them have apparently decided to don armor here in the middle of this common room. I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you were wearing clothes under it, so it's not terrible, but uh, uh, it is a little unusual. Nobody else in here is wearing armor, though, so you do stand out a bit. Um, But in any case... They finish their food, the dwarf puts on some armor, some very heavy armor, and they move out through the back door. What do you want to do? Well, I have been sitting here attempting to enjoy my very peaceful breakfast in a non-peaceful place, and I have been reciting my mantras. I am sleek. I am fast. I am shadows. I am slippery. And then I see this come in. I hear a Gentlemen shout about how they need some with nimble fingers, and I'm like, well, I try to have nimble fingers. Are my fingers nimble enough? Surely. No, I probably don't fit the bill. And then I see these gentlemen get up. (laughs) Sorry, try not to laugh. (laughs) And don their armor, and I think to myself, well, I'm at least more nimble than them. And so I will get up, (laughs) and I will slink around the corner. Uh, but I would like to go without being seen. Oh, all right. Uh, well, now's a good chance for us to try rolling something. Why don't you go over to your character sheet? Okay. And go ahead and roll a stealth check. Which is... That's the hand so icon. The, the hand, hand symbol. I was like, I'm looking at the hammer hand. Yeah. There we go. It's not a great symbol for skills but or proficiencies, but I don't know what else they could use. I rolled so a 27. Ahead. Excellent. All right. So as, as silently as the moon at night, you stand up. No one even notices that you've uh, finished your food. The, the, the innkeeper doesn't even uh, come to pick up your uh, whatever you've left on the table. And you slip out. Maybe you slip out through the front door and then move around to the back uh, so as to be less obvious. And Elric and Ringlefrick, you push through the back door which opens onto one of the piers leading out into the water. And the man is sitting here, feet dangling off the edge, but he stands up when you come out, 
and he moves into the shadow of the building, and he beckons you over. And he says, okay, great, so you're interested. Yes, we are interested. And at that moment, uh, Slippery, you are in the shadows and unnoticed. Do you want to make your presence known? No, I would like to continue to eavesdrop before I commit to anything. All right. Sal says, okay, so again, I'm Sal, and uh, who who are you two? My name is Ringlefrick Plong. Don't get it wrong. Okay, that sounds unnecessarily intimidating, but all right. And uh, who are you? Elric. Elric. Oh, that's nice and simple. No intimidation. Yeah. Nice. All right, so uh, here's the deal. To pay for this is 25 gold each. And if anybody else was around, there'd be 25 for gold, gold for them too, right? He says as he looks around but doesn't see anyone. Uh, I'm looking too. <laughs> but I'm, uh, I'm taking a five gold cut from each of you for hooking you up. Capiche? Um, why? Because I'm the one that got you the job. I'm a fixer. It's what I do. I see. Elric, what do you think? All right. And, uh, yes, uh, uh, Slippery. Sorry, Go I ahead. just wanted to ask, do I recognize Sal? Do I know him? Um, I don't think you're from this town. Okay. I don't know. Um, if you want to see if you know or maybe have heard of him, why don't you roll a society check? Okay. That's a 24. 24. Ooh. Uh, wow. Off to a good start. Sarah likes yeah. Pathfinder. Yeah. <laughs> Pathfinder likes Sarah. Uh, I think maybe you know about people like Sal. People like Sal, these fixers, uh, sometimes they accompany merchants to make sure that when they get to these uh, sort of rustic towns, everything goes smoothly, nothing disappears from the cargo, transactions all go well, any local palms that need to get greased get greased. Uh, and... Judging by the way he keeps himself, uh, you think, and, and the, he said his name is Sal, you think you've maybe heard about this guy? He's good. He knows what he's doing. He is um, taking maybe, let's say, a generous cut, but it's not unreasonable. And uh, you don't know if he's trustworthy, but he's presenting what he thinks is a good business deal. Um, I do sense? want to do something, but I didn't want to interrupt your guys' dialogue so you can talk about it. And then I would like to slip up behind him and say something to him, Sal. Okay. Uh, so as he's talking, he says, okay, so now we're all properly introduced, right? So this guy, this guy that, that hired me, right? He's a bit strange. And his shop is even stranger, right? It's, it's weird. It's just plain weird, right? So we're headed there next. And at that moment, you both see an elf... Slide up behind him. What? Who are you? Go ahead. Describe yourself. Oh. So we can find out what this elf looks like before she interrupts. So Slippery is wearing a what appears to be a very just plain, ordinary linen dress, normal fashion for the day, divided skirts for riding, just nothing extraordinary about it. However, she is very, very pale. Her skin is very pale, her hair is completely white, and her eyes are like a rosy, milky color. Uh, she is a cavern elf, and things in the cavern tend to be pale. So she All will right. kind of slip up behind him and just whisper in his ear, three gold off the top, and we'll do it. Ah! And he jumps and presses himself against the side of the building. Says, ah, okay. I knew this was I knew this was the place, right? I knew that I could get somebody sneaky in a place like this. All right, I'm so glad you're here. So you want to introduce your yourself and then we can get to the negotiation here. Who are you? I'm Sal. You can call me Slippery. 
Three gold, oh. or we don't do it. Three gold each. Okay, make either a diplomacy check, or if you're trying to be threatening, make an intimidation check. Um, well, intimidation is a higher number. However, she's not trying. I don't think she's trying to be scary on purpose. Okay. And so can I nod sagely to help her? <laughs> yeah, you want to try to assist? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, what she said. <laughs> make a diplomacy check of your own. Now, in Pathfinder, the way that helping someone works is not like in D&D. In D&D, it's really easy. You just say, I'm helping, and they get advantage, right? In Pathfinder, you have to roll a check of your own. And if you succeed, then you get the, the person making the roll gets a plus one. Now, unfortunately, Ringle Frick rolled a 14, and, and I rolled a 13. <laughs> and Slippery rolled a 13. Uh, usually, and I know this is a little strange, and it's something I actually complain about with Pathfinder, the DC for assisting is usually 20. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, which is really high, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, but uh, even if I set it lower, 14 is probably not high enough to help, and 13 is not enough to succeed. That's fine. And, and so Sal says, Lady, 25 gold is more money than you're probably going to make in a few months, right? That's a lot of money. Uh, I, I think me taking a five gold cut is reasonable for hooking you up with this weirdo. I mean, this uh, guy who needs help. Uh, who, who is this weirdo? Well, uh, you'd never heard of him before. This guy, his, his name, he's got this weird stall he just set up. He says his name is Sigbert, right? And uh, he needs some help. So uh, I'll take you over there if you're ready to go. El but, Elric, you know, what do you have to say about this? I'm... Everyone needs help, uh, weirdos included. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, like I said, he's weird, right? So play it cool, okay? Don't make me look like a chump. Cool. Yes. Yes, yeah. Pretty good at it. cool. <laughs> okay. Yes, we are, we are too cool for school. <laughs> okay. Trying that too was, hard okay. again, Winkle <laughs> No, yeah, no, no, no. I think you're trying a little too hard. No, okay. I, I've got this. We shall be cool. That's better. Close enough. That's better. All right. So uh, did you have any questions or anything else you want to ask him about before we walk over to this merchant? Anything else you want to go over with so him? So how do you know this, Sigbert? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I was just kind of walking down the street and uh, I hear this guy shouting. Uh, and uh, he says he needs some help early this morning. I think it's weird. Somebody needs help early in the morning. But uh, I, I just kind of lucked on him. You know, I got that, that kind of good luck where I stumble into people who need help and I get them some help. I don't know him, really. I see. Is he from around here? Oh, no, man. This guy, uh, I can't even understand what he's saying about where he's from. It doesn't even make any sense. So, no, I, I, I don't know. He's from some place I never heard of, and uh, he talks kind of funny. And uh, he said something about there's a kidnapping, but he's suspicious about the events that occurred, and he's not sure how the town guard is handling it, and so he wants some extra help, you know? That sounds dire. He's got this, he's got this weird stand-up magic stall. It's pretty strange. Well, anyway, let's stop blabbing and go over there and have a look, right? Yes, yes. Uh, Elric, this sounds like it's right up our alley. So Sal leads you toward the shore, past several taverns, inns, and lumber yards, to one of the ramps that leads up to the posh part of town. There are quite a few shops here, and between two of them is an empty lot. Well, almost empty. Instead of a building, there is a simple wooden facade on wheels. It's almost square in proportion with a counter that folds down from it, and there's an oval hole cut in the middle of this thing. And the sign in the facade says, Sigbert's Sorceress Stuff. A single elf 
leans on a counter behind the opening, his head in his hands. At least you think he's an elf. He looks different from the local elves. On Galarian, elves have irises that almost fill their entire eye. Like there's very little white part of their eyes. But his light brown irises aren't as large as those of the elves you've seen all your life in Galarian. And he's wearing opulent robes and a strange hat with a shock of white hair coming out of the top. In fact, he looks like... And I can share... A picture. It looks like that. Ah. Oh, interesting. And uh, if anybody wants to describe that, you can. Otherwise, I'll describe it. Uh, yeah, so he's a rather dashingly dressed older gentleman, I guess older. Yep. He's wearing saffron and turquoise colored clothing with some fancy shoes and a f- looks like a fez with, like Mike said, uh, a shock of hair sticking out straight out the top. And he's holding a pickled goblin's head in a jar (laughs) maybe not that maybe not yeah at the moment he's not actually holding that but that's what the picture has for sure nice Uh, pretty eccentric looking guy definitely and he stands up straight as you approach and he looks surprised and delighted and says well hello i was worried you weren't coming back sal i'm glad to see this place isn't a total disappointment are these the people you were talking about he looks you up and down and says yes Well, I suppose they'll do. Now, I'm going to make some secret perception checks for you. Pathfinder 2nd Edition encourages the game master to make secret checks for the player for some skills. The idea is that if the characters don't notice something, the players shouldn't know if it's because there's nothing to notice or because they rolled badly. That is, it reduces metagaming, right? Sure. So I'm going to make some secret rolls here, uh, starting with... Uh, perception checks for, let's see here. Um, He's an odd-looking fellow. Perception, go ahead. Oh, I don't want to roll initiative. I want to actually, oh, there we go. I see where it is. All right, so a secret check. All right, I've done a secret check for Sylvia, and now for Ringlefrick, and now for Elric. Okay. So I've got your rolls. Uh, Ringlefrick, you are just sort of looking around at this weird facade. You seem kind of distracted. You haven't really noticed anything other than just the general weirdness. Oh, I'm drawn to all the magic stuff, yeah. But Slippery and Elric, you notice something strange as this elf leans out of the opening in the facade. As you look through the hole into the space behind them, you don't see the empty lot that this facade is sitting on. You see the inside of a shop or a storeroom with shelves and tables stuffed full of gadgets and doodads and thingies. Something strange is going on here. Hmm. Sal notices you looking and nods at you. And his expression says, didn't I tell you that it was strange? Like He sees that you see that something strange is going on here. And I guess, ironically, the wizard doesn't notice. <laughs> but Sal clears his throat and says, I, I told him that uh, you'd be giving him the details. Just uh, tell him what you told me. So Sigbert continues. Yes, well, it's a bit odd. Yesterday I opened my shop here for the first time. A grave error, I assure you. I was supposed to be opening this in, uh, what's it called? Uh, Absalom. Yes, a big city, I understand. Well, someone gave me the wrong position information, the wrong position information, and here I am. I'll relocate, but it will take some time, so I thought, why not see what kind of business I can drum up here? So I put out my shingle, metaphorically speaking. And I was delighted to find that a few people of good taste stopped by and they even showed interest in some shoes. I sold some loafers of light and some boots of backtracking and even poultry pumps. 
I also sold some of the usual, tooth powder, a banana of discord, but the excitement started when a simply stunning woman came by. She was a vision, I tell you, dressed in a shimmering white gown with a purse full of coin. She was interested in my scarlet sandals, which cost quite a pretty penny, I assure you. Well, she's looking at the shoes, about to hand over the coin, when there is the most awful racket you've ever heard. Shrieking and whooping so loud I couldn't hear myself think. Down from the sky comes a horde of monkeys, flying, I tell you. They grabbed this poor woman, who probably screamed, but I couldn't hear her over the racket. And like that, they were gone, flying away with my scarlet sandals. Well, what to do? By the time I scrambled out of my window here, they were already over the crest of the cliffs. Everyone nearby looked terrified and wouldn't talk to me, except for one fellow who said, I won't mess in the affairs of Grubby Maud. I couldn't get any more out of him. Fortunately for me, Sal here was passing by and offered to help, and here we are. So I think it's obvious what you need to do. You need to find out who this Grubby Maud is, and retrieve my scarlet sandals. So. You had me at poultry pumps. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Yes, they're uh, wonderfully feathered, those poultry pumps. So, what can I do to help you? What, what, what do you need? Well, I see. What, uh, what information might you, might you need? Or perhaps uh, you, you know the area better than I do. Perhaps you can simply walk around and get some information from the locals. Those cliffs there, and I point in whichever direction the nearest cliff seemed to be. Sure. Yes, those are the ones. Yes, to the, they flew to the northeast. Northeast. Oh, that's not good. Why is that not good? Uh, Because I know things about that area, that direction, and it's just not a good place to be. Uh, If you want to roll a society, let's see, is there a, let's see, Uh, what skill could we roll here? Nature Mm. or... um, You could actually roll a nature check if you want. A society or a nature check. 19. Yeah, you know that in that direction... There are some woods. Uh, in fact, the, the logging that takes place around here uh, takes place in the, if I remember correctly, the Verdani Woods. And uh, you know that in that direction, there is a section of untouched woods beyond the city limits. There's thick woods there. Even the loggers don't like to go too far into it. Oh, I see. Any other questions that you want to ask? You have any way of tracking your... Scarlet slippers that have gone missing? Oh no, I never thought of that. Hmm. That's a wonderful idea for some new shoes. Shoes that you can always find. That's, that's, a, that's wonderful. I, let me write that down. And he disappears for a moment and comes back a moment later. And at this point, Ringo Frick, you, you can see, quite obviously, there is this empty shop. Well, I mean, empty of people behind him. Uh, about this grubby mod... Do you know anything of her? Never heard of her. What about this woman? Does anybody come looking for her? No, no one came looking for her. No, not at all. It's also quite strange. Hmm. I bet the locals will know more about this grubby mod, though. They seemed, uh, at least the one fellow who mentioned her, seemed quite afraid to even talk about her. Do you see that fellow now? Do you know where he is or where he works? No, uh, he walked downhill toward the, uh, toward the, the harbor. You are very helpful. Thank you for all your time. Uh, well, thank you. I assume that uh, Sal already mentioned the pay, 25 gold, and he will, of course, take a cut of that. 
He told us 30 gold. What? Sal uh, jumps for a moment and then is quiet. Uh, and <laughs> if you want to make a deception check, you could do that. I hope it rolls better than my diplomacy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Natural one. This is actually uh, yeah, in that, line for the character of design. So <laughs> that, that red text means that you rolled a natural one, which turns that failure into a critical failure. Oh, great. That steps so the on way, what I was going to do. <laughs> she already the, the has way, crippling um, imposter syndrome, so oh, no. <laughs> this fits. This the goes. Way, the way rolls work in Pathfinder 2E is that if you roll 10 over the difficulty, it's a critical success, or if you roll 10 under the difficulty, it's a critical failure. Rolling a natural 20 bumps you up one category. So like if a 20 plus your bonus wouldn't succeed... If it would be a failure, then rolling a natural 20 makes it into a success. Okay. Or if it would succeed, then it turns it into a critical success. You rolled a total of nine, which was a failure, and you rolled a natural one, which turns it into a critical failure. Understood. So he looks offended and, and says, well, how rude. Of, of course we negotiated 25 gold each, not 30, and I don't appreciate you trying to extort more out of me could always go with someone else no 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 need for that um we elric and i are definitely in need of something good to do and uh the, the money would be a big help uh, listen i i can give her some of mine um would you have anything that we might be able to use to aid us we are unfortunately a little light in our own assets at the moment such as what i i don't know what you might have certainly uh, you've got something there uh <laughs> Uh, well, I suppose that I could give you a, a a potion of minor healing. Yes, but I'm going to take it out of your cut. That sounds fair. That would be four gold for a potion of minor healing. That looks a little cloudy. What? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, it, it looks like it's going to rain. It's the clouds. Oh, oh, yes, I suppose it might. This looks wonderful. Thank you. Sigbert. Uh, uh, certainly. Um, well, I wish you good luck. I, th I think um, I better start making preparations to move my shop. I'm not sure that I like this town. I'd I'm not much a fan of than later. Very well, then. Good luck. He pulls down from above this portal what appears to be a mirror, and this cloudy mirror uh, image, a cloudy image appears in the mirror, and the text says, uh, Sigbert is currently away. <laughs> so what do you want to do? You now have the basic facts of the incident, but you need more information. In fact, I think the best way to proceed here is probably to use the, your diplomacy skill to gather information. That's one of the set things you can do with diplomacy. And okay. under the standard rules, it takes about two hours as you wander around and talk to people. Um, is that what you want to do, or do you want to just head straight northeast and hope you run into well, something? Well, listen, maybe, maybe we could um, split up and, and try different approaches. Uh, slippery, is that the name you gave? Yeah. Uh, what, what if you were to ask about the woman he saw? I mean, it's not going very well. I can certainly no, try. No, no, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. That was no, a very fine. noble effort on your part. He doesn't even care about the woman. But he we cares might. about his stupid shoes. I hope well, he gets out of this town. The shoes did sound very fancy. <laughs> uh, but if you were to ask about the woman, just to make sure that there's nothing dangling there, and Elric, uh, what if you were to ask about this grubby Maud? 
Fair enough. And and I can ask more about maybe what lies to the northeast in the direction of the woods and maybe beyond. All right. Sounds like a plan. And then we meet back here in, uh, what do you say, two hours? That sounds fine to me. Whatever you say. She's like trying not to cry. <laughs> I give her a thump it's a on the back. critical failure. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, go ahead and roll me a diplomacy check. Oh, all right. <laughs> One of us is doing great. So I'll, I'll let everybody announce their rolls. Elric, what did you get? Eight. Eight. Not a critical failure, but not a success. And Slippery, what did you get? Fourteen. Which is a success, actually. Hey. And Ringle Frick, what did you get? I got a natural 20 for a total of 26. Which is a critical success. Ooh. All right. So, Slippery, here's what you find out. You find a lumberjack. And the lumberjack doesn't know anything about this beautiful woman. But this lumberjack does know. First of all, the lumberjack has heard about this, this incident. And he says there's this woman named Grubby Maud, who is a local hag, who lives in the Verduran Forest. I don't know if that's what I said earlier, but it's the Verduran Forest, northeast of town. No logging takes place in that area, partly because it's a very old and magical forest, and partly because everyone is afraid of Grubby Maud. It's not hard to find. There's a ruined tower in the area. If you just head in that direction, you'll be able to spot it from a distance and then move toward it. There's a merchant also that you uh, meet that says that she heard Grubby Maud keeps a pack of flying monkeys as pets and sends them to do her bidding. Now, Ringlefrick, you hear similar stuff, but you also encounter an old woman sitting on her front step, and she says that Grubby Maud likes to take shapes that will trick people into trusting her. She could be listening right now. And then a bookseller says that Grubby Maud lives in or under a ruined tower northeast of town, and he adds that hags are very dangerous. But fortunately, she doesn't live in a coven. She's there by herself. Oh, that's a relief. And she has probably trapped the area as well. Ooh, traps. Uh, do you have any notion of what sort of traps she might employ? <laughs> uh, well, beyond my pay scale, my friend. Uh, it's uh, beyond my area of expertise. I, I wouldn't go poking about in ruins and... Tunnels underground. No, of course not. I know nothing about the traps. Mm, that, that makes sense. But you've been most helpful. Thank you. Watch out, my friend. Hags are quite dangerous. I know. So, we're going to skip the overland trip through the forest. You meet back up at Sigbert's. You begin walking to the northeast. It's not a long trip, but we're limited in terms of time. You arrive shortly after midday. You can see the jagged ruins of the tower, overgrown with trees and shrubs. And as you approach, you hear the most awful whooping sound. It's incredibly loud now, and it must be deafening near the source, which seems to be the tower to your northeast. Did you say something, Elric? That wasn't me, but let me get this straight. You're telling me that the missing woman is not Grubby Maud, because I could have sworn that guy told me that Grubby Maud was the beautiful woman. It no, doesn't seem to oh, fit. Dis- no, no uh, I think it's a distinct possibility based on what you said. You said uh, she takes forms to make people trust her, but I didn't want to pay for something. I would get kidnapped, too. Well, now I have no clue what's going on. Let's go so see what that sound was. tower, hag, shoes. Traps. Traps. Yes. So let's go 
to the map. Oh. So feel free to continue your conversation. I'm just Slippery has, in her two hours, regained some of her pretend confidence and is not coming off as sad as she was before. In fact, she's actually seeming overconfident. All right. So here you are on the map. You can see around you, I've placed you, first of all, I've placed the three of you on the southwest corner of the map. Feel free to rearrange yourself slightly if you want to. Uh, but before you begin exploring the area, let's talk about exploration mode. Pathfinder 2nd Edition has three modes of play. Exploration, encounter, and downtime. We won't get to downtime mode in this session, but it's basically like you're practicing some skills or you're recovering from injuries or whatever. That's, that's downtime mode. Encounter mode is what happens when you enter combat or you have a social interaction. Exploration mode is what we're doing right now, and that gives you a bunch of options for how to proceed. There's a list of exploration activities. So briefly, they are avoid notice, defend, detect magic, follow the expert, hustle, investigate, repeat a spell, scout, or search. Let's go through each of one of those briefly. Avoid notice is basically sneaking around, right? So you would roll stealth, and if combat starts, you might be hidden at the start of combat, and you would use your stealth bonus to roll for initiative. And if your stealth roll exceeds the enemy's perception DC, then you're undetected. So that's probably something Slippery would want to do mm-hmm. as she sneaks around. Defend is you keep your shield up, which is great if combat breaks out because it means you start combat with your shield raised. In Pathfinder, having a shield doesn't just automatically increase your, your armor class. You have to actually use an action to raise your shield. So defend means you start combat with your shield up, which is useful. It's probably a good idea for Elric. Detect magic means you're walking around repeatedly casting the cantrip detect magic so that you can find if there's anything magical around. It's not necessarily the best thing to do unless you really think there's something magical around. Follow the expert is something you do if you have an ally who's trying a skill check, like you have a friend who's really good at stealth and you want to sneak but you're not good at stealth. Well then... If you follow the expert, you sort of get to use some of their skill, right? Hustle means you move at double speed, but we're not really tracking this round by round here, so that's really probably not important. Investigate means that you're carefully looking around you using the recall knowledge action to find clues, like you're trying to figure out or learn something about the area around you. Repeat a spell means you repeatedly cast some cantrip over and over again. Like, I don't know, maybe you walk around just... uh, casting a fire cantrip, burning the area around you as you walk forward. I don't know why you do that, but maybe you'd have some reason in a particular situation. (laughs) Scout is a good one. Scout is you move ahead looking for danger. If an encounter occurs, everyone in your party gets plus one to initiative as you call out an alarm, right? So it's good for someone to be scouting because it gives everyone a little bonus to initiative. And then search means you sort of slow down and you look for hidden doors and hazards. Traps are what are classified as hazards in Pathfinder. Uh, this is a basically a repeated seek action. You roll perception checks as you walk around to try to find hidden things. So each of you gets to choose one of those actions as you move around the area. So if I'm stealthing, I'm not also searching. I'm just staying That's right. hidden. That's but right. But if I'm searching, I can't stealthily search. That's right. You're picking one of these things to focus on. Okay, and scouting means I'm looking for, like, creature danger, where searching is I'm looking for trap danger. 
That's right. Or okay. anything interesting. Basically, anything that a perception check would reveal, I will tell you about with search. Okay. Okay. Scouting is, I'm not really looking for traps or anything. I'm looking for someone to attack us. And if they do, I'll sound the alarm. Okay. Elric, what would you like to do? I'll look out for danger. Uh, I think I'll be scouting. All right. So Elric is scouting. What about Ringlefrick? Uh, Ringlefrick is going to replay the interviews that he had. He's going to use investigate to not only try to recall what he was told in town, but also plumb the depths of his knowledge about hags and, and basically see if there's anything that he could do to uh. make sure he's not looking for traps yet, but maybe knowledge about what kind of traps he would know hags would employ. Okay. I want you to make a couple checks, mm -hmm. but actually let's come, we'll come back to that. What is uh, slippery doing? I want to be looking for traps as well, but I don't feel like I don't want to be doing what, well, you're scouting, not searching. That's right. And, and okay. I'm using, then yes, I'm, I'm going to be searching for traps. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. So here's what we'll do then. I'm going to roll a secret perception check for Slippery. That way, if she, if there's a trap and she doesn't notice it, she doesn't know that she hasn't noticed the trap, right? Correct. So I've rolled that secretly. And I'm going to roll some knowledge checks for Ringlefrick and see if he figures anything out. I'm going to make those secret as well. All right. I don't so even let's... know what I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ringlefrick, you're looking around, looking for information that, um, for clues that might tell you something about hags or dangers in the area related to hags. Nothing really jumps out at you. You don't see anything that makes you think, uh, I bet that a hag would set a trap over here or something. But you can hear that whooping noise in the background coming from the tower, and you're pretty sure that those are flying monkeys. That sounds like monkeys. You also, thinking about these flying monkeys, you've made a recall knowledge check, and you remember that these creatures attack in swarms. Swarms are a monster type in Pathfinder, just like they are in D&D. And swarms can be pretty nasty. The thing about swarms is, because it's not just one creature, they tend to be uh, immune to certain types of damage, like precision damage, like sneak attacks. Being precise really doesn't help you because it's a whole bunch of creatures. Also, they're immune to effects like a charmed monster because there's not just one of them, right? So they're immune to uh, effects that would affect the mind of just one creature. On the other hand, they are also weak to certain things, like area of effect spells tend to do extra damage because you get a bunch of them at once. Or splash damage, if you have something that has a side effect of splash damage, like an alchemical bomb. They also tend to be resistant to certain types of damage. In particular, swarms are often resistant to piercing and slashing damage. Now, I've given you a whole bunch of information there because you rolled very well. All right. I gave you very, uh, basically no information about hags because you didn't roll so well, right? So I'm pulling back the sure. curtain a little bit there to let you see what's going on. In terms of Slippery, who is looking around for traps and hazards, uh, you don't see any traps nearby, but you do see a lot of waste that suggests that these monkeys have been hanging out in this area for a while, and they've left a lot of refuse around. You see ripped clothing, you see animal bones from small animals, uh, and based on the noise that you hear, you think they're probably hanging out in the ruins of that tower 
which you should be able to see sort of a bit of to the northeast and, well, more to the east of you. If you look around the, your map, you'll see that Foundry has automatically obscured things that you can't see. So there are these low walls that have higher bits and you can't see past them. But as you move toward the east, you can see there's a well in the middle of this little fortification and there's a round tower further to your east. So you can all, if you want, you know, make your movements a little bit to the east as you explore the area. And as you do, the sound of those monkeys gets louder and louder. Now, Sylvia, I'm sorry, Slippery has moved up to the well and now she can actually see down into the well. As you get close enough to it, you can actually see down into it. Yes, I would like and to look you, down the well. Yeah, there's no top on the well, so the sunlight is pouring straight down. Oh, okay. Ringlefrick oh, no. has has charged right into the tower. So <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, as Slippery is looking down into the well, being very careful, Ringlefrick uh, <laughs> is thinking about monkeys and hags and I guess sort of distractedly walks right into the tower and suddenly the noise stops as two huge swarms of monkeys all stop what they're doing as they're perched around the walls of this tower and they all look at him and there's just silence. Why did everything and go so quiet? And then suddenly they are, the noise gets even louder <laughs> as all these monkeys start screaming and jumping up and down and we're going to roll for initiative. What has he done? <laughs> I told so you to stay close. To... And then we're going to roll with perception. I roll with perception because I was using perception skill. That's right. Okay. You, well, everybody's going to roll with perception, including you. And you all get a plus one. Now that might not matter. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and roll everybody. It's only going to be important if it ends up being really close between you and the creatures. Uh, in fact, it is going to matter because Elric and one of the monkey swarms have tied. So I need to update Elric's initiative so that he beats the uh, monkey swarm. I'm going to also update everybody else's. Uh, there, there is probably a way to make it automatically add in that plus one. I don't know what it is. I'm sure there's a way to do it. Oh, that's interesting. That makes Sylvia tie with the monkey swarm mm -hmm. when I add her plus one. So that means I need to, uh, I'm not sure what the Pathfinder rule for that is. I'm going to make up real quick that we're going to compare dexterities. Mm -hmm. Oh, then that doesn't help because they also have a plus four to dex. So just maybe like just do, do a roll off and whoever rolls higher. Sure, we could do that. Um, yeah, go ahead and roll perception again. Uh, just go ahead and roll a perception check. A perception check. Yeah, and we'll just see who gets the higher. Where is a perception check? Um, so on your character sheet, above initiative, it says perception. Oh, there it is. And there's a little oh, die okay. I was symbol. looking for it on the skill list, like in D&D. <laughs> 14. <laughs> Look. We both rolled a if 14 you would like to go again. first, I will not be offended. Uh, no, let's, let's give the players every advantage. Let's do another roll off. You got it this time. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. You oh, got it. well. I did. Yeah. I did not. Oh no! Yeah. You, oh wait! I accidentally rolled yours. Uh, can I take you, the one you rolled? I like it better. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled eleven. Well, you rolled a twenty-five for me. <laughs> uh, okay, let me try again with their perception check here. There and we go. Yeah. All right, so they're going to go first. So I'm going to slightly edit this. Okay, so Elric, at that moment, you hear the monkeys get quiet. You see your friend Ringlefrick has stepped into the tower. 
you're pretty sure he's about to get eaten by a whole bunch of monkeys. <laughs> and we'll find out what happens next time. Very nice. I'm Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What is uh, Slippery doing? Uh oh. Well, I know. No, I was thinking deeply. Did I freeze? Oh, nope. She unfroze. Okay. And now I can't hear her. Yeah. Can can you speak, Sarah? Yes. Nope. We've lost her sound. Nope. Oh, there you are. Oh, nope. You're back. I'm probably lagging. Let me see if I have anything extra up I can close. Now you're back to normal. And now I don't. Okay. Sorry. I thought deeply, and I guess it needed decided I needed a pause to think deeply. I'm going to roll some knowledge checks for Ringlefrick and see if he figures anything out. I'm going to make those secret as well. All right. I don't so even let's... know what I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that, that showed uh, up. Oh, that was public. All now right. We let me, know I'm going to re-roll that. <laughs> I know uh, I know that. Just, uh, like, all right. I'm going to do a private roll. Here we go. All right. Private roll for that. And then I'm going to do the same thing. For the other thing, give me just a moment. This is the stuff you edit out. <laughs> or do uh, I? <laughs> Blooper reel at uh, the end. 